Real Bad Beachcast. We're doing Obscure Sound. by Jonathan Winfrey. This is basically produced by Roger Corman. So, it stars that one chick from that one movie. Oh, wait, no. Joan Severance is Darcy. And the synopsis of the film is Darcy is a cop who is also a superhero named Black Scorpion at night who kicks and beats evildoers to a pulp. She soon catches wind of an asthmatic mad scientist who plans on tainting the city's air supplies with a toxin. Only Darcy in her superhero garb can stop him with the assistance of a petty thief named Argyle and a really cool car. Alright, I'm Rage Killer. And General Lodge. And I'm Wolfman's Got Nards. Black Scorpion is basic 90s superhero film. It is a movie that is one of those films that in 2018 is one of those vaguely remembered films that one watched late one night on cable television back when, well, cable was actually relevant. Uh, that's basically what happens in the film, but uh, a very well thought out superhero film it's not very it's not afraid to be what it is so uh, the, do you recommend people check this out yes i would it's a very fun film remember it's not meant to be serious it's meant to be pure 90s cheese watched late at night on cinemax why because we have boobs it premiered on showtime uh, but you know what? Showtime, Cinemax, you know what I mean? Whatever cable channel that had boobs that as a kid... Basically, it's one of those movies where if you're going to go in and you're expecting something serious, I wouldn't recommend watching it. But if you're in the mood for something that's like not afraid to admit that it's cheesy, then yeah, give it a shot. Uh, I mean, this is this is definitely before the superhero boom. And, you know, it's a Roger Corman flick, so what else can you really expect out of it? Personally, I, I didn't find it bad. It's just one of those things that you can't take too seriously. Hmm, right. So Something you're going to definitely find on Skinamax, though. <laughs> yeah, or I'd, have to, I'd have to uh, more or less agree. This movie has better amenities than it does actual story. We lived through the multiple stages of the superhero film. Uh... Superheroes were not always what they are today. Uh, the current era of superhero films got its start in 2008 with the release of Marvel's Iron Man. That's when superhero films started to really take themselves seriously, and they wanted to be as close to the comic books as they possibly could. Uh, but that wasn't always the case. In fact, most of the early superhero films diverged quite heavily. Uh, you could basically divide it up into almost like comic book ages. The golden age of the superhero film was not the film serials, as they weren't really, well, films. They were serials. The first real superhero film that started off superheroes really reaching the popular consciousness and getting into the popular masses was, of course, 
Superman uh, from the 1970s. But this was kind of an aborted age. You only really had Superman and a few other obscure superhero films. The Silver Age, if you will, of superhero films would get its start in 1989 with Batman 89. Batman 89. No, go on. No, I'm 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 agreeing with you, Batman. And Batman 89 was a significant departure from what had come before. Superman was still kind of a cheery, cheesy film. Batman was like, let's actually take this stuff seriously. But despite the fact that it took itself a little seriously, it still diverged heavily from the comics. You had Batman killing people. You had Batman, you know, uh, letting people into the, or, or Alfred rather, letting people into the Batcave. You had the Joker being the killer of Batman's parents. But it was still recognizable as Batman. It was definitely a much more serious thing than the Adam West stuff and much more serious than Superman as well. Uh, the 90s superhero film, which is which, which uh, Black Scorpion is, was very different in that it was more serious but still had a degree of cheese to it. It was where it knew it was superhero and it knew it had to adhere to a variety of superhero tropes. Uh, so you'd have some stuff that didn't necessarily make a lot of sense. You had some stuff that was very uh, kind of campy. Uh, the biggest thing, the biggest difference, and one thing that I think we really do take for granted today is the superhero secret identity was like, you know, sacred. The superheroes of the 90s never told anyone their secret identity. They didn't really have, you know, a team. All the superheroes today have a team. You know, Batman has a team. Uh, Spider-Man has his, you know, you got the Avengers. Back then, most of these superhero films would have been standalone. There was no crossover whatsoever. And Black Scorpion filled in a niche that no longer exists. Black Scorpion was just a superhero film that was made to cash in on a variety of things. It was made to cash in on Batman, but it was basically supposed to be Batman with boobs. That's effectively what Black Scorpion is. It's how close can we get to Batman without getting sued, but also have boobs. Uh, the very concept of Cinemax, Showtime, uh, were there any more channels? I, I don't remember. Uh, other than those two. Uh, HBO. Uh, these were adult channels, and they had adult entertainment. Now, a lot of this stuff is laughable by today's standards, but for the time, it was not. <laughs> So on <coughs> Showtime, you'd have, you know, shows with adult language. You'd hear some fucks, you'd hear some shits, and, you know, that was unheard of on, on TV uh, from the late 80s, early 90s. And so what Black Scorpion was, was it was meant to be a cheap, schlocky film that could cash in on the popularity of Batman, but could also titillate the audience. So you had full direct nudity in this film. You actually saw Joan Severance's uh, naked tits, and I think you saw like an ass. I think uh, you wouldn't see like you know full frontal nudity, like you wouldn't see any genital areas because that was still like that was like that's oh, too much. We can't have that. Uh, and the very concept of a movie like this being made is is a bit silly, just because you, know, you have all these porn parodies and stuff like that today. Whereas back then, you know, that's pretty much what you had. Softcore porn. It's usually just nakedness, but it's implied sex. 
And so that's effectively what Black Scorpion is. Although they do more than imply that in Black Scorpion. So, in fact, so, there's even some people who prefer softcore to hardcore. It leaves something to the imagination. So yeah, that, once you understand that, once you understand the time period we're, we're dealing with here, like you would never... Superheroes are held up almost like... I don't like, what would you call... What, what would you say that superhero films are held up as today? Uh, well, superheroes are like godlike now. Yeah, that's like half the time it's the only thing that people go to the cinema to go see. Yeah, that's the cash cow. I mean, it's like my the era that I grew up in, I'm 33 years old, so it's like I grew up in an era where we had superhero movies, but they were not taken seriously at all. I mean, superhero, well, like Superman, uh, that was serious. Blade, hmm. I think Blade was one of the first. Blade was was yeah that was like later in my life but I'm talking like even throughout the 70s and the 80s I mean we had like growing up I watched Superman one and two and three and I remember I, there was a Swamp Thing movie and like there was Howard the Duck and then there was um, the Punisher the original one with Dolph Lundgren that was really dark that was and then there was a Captain America too. movie that was god awful. I think they even made like a Fantastic Four movie. Oh, that was another Roger Corman film, actually. It was never, it was never officially released. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, that... come to think of it, that was a Roger Corman job. Actually, was... I've actually heard that's actually the better of the Fantastic Four movies because it's cheesy. Well, considering the the the, the last two that came out, just uh you know. But I, I mean, long story short, comic book movies have always been there, but they were never taken seriously and a lot of the things that i think the reason why they weren't taken seriously is because it was a general attitude comic books are for kids you know and and now those kids have grown up and that's why i think superhero movies today are such a cash cow is because you know the shit we grew up on now they're making it now we want our kids to watch it and get into it and they are so I mean, it's like Black Scorpion. It fit. Uh, it fit in really neatly, and I think the the it, it tried to make itself stand out by being more adult, being more serious, and you know, by 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 showing like nudity and stuff. It's like, hey, there's something for the adults too, you know. But then again, what adult would want their kid to watch that, you know? What uh, I'm sure they chopped it up and put it on TNT or something back in the day. What's really kind of funny though is it really is uh, black scorpion really is not an adult film if you just got rid of the nudity uh it's no more edgy than an than your average episode of power rangers uh that's it, it would be like an episode of power rangers but it would also be if you took the nudity out you'd be taking about 30 percent of critical plot points out too well that's true but really like you look at the villain the villain is not like a rapist or something. He's literally a guy with asthma. Spoilers. So if you, you know, want to check it out without us ruining it for you, go ahead. And if you don't give a crap, then, well, go ahead and continue listening. So, the intro, which made me think there was going to be lots of skin. And then I wasn't disappointed. So the film starts off. It's the father talking to the daughter about a... What was about the story about the drowning, the scorpion drowning story? Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's the same story from literally Scorpion and uh, starting Voyager, you know, where it's like the scorpion, it was my uh, uh, 
it's in my nature, that kind of thing. And then we cut to Bulk and Skull, the later years. Angel City. Uh, yes. And, no, and of no, course, no, 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 you're forgetting the intro. Oh, yes, you're right. Yes, they would be Bulk and Skull, wouldn't they be? Yes. Yes, so we got Bulk and Skull in the later, later years. They, uh, Bulk and Skull shoot like a bank teller and rob a bank. And then this is where you can tell this is not meant to be taken seriously because the cop, of course, is driving around and flying around and, and not really driving particularly well. And, of course, chases down the uh, Vulcan skull and, like, shoots one of them, wounds another, and they they all end up in a hospital. Uh, I think it was Skull. Skull ends up, you know... There's a, a gun there's a from... line of dialogue about new experimental devices. Oh well, pays off Wait, later. In the, it pays off later in the film, but when he says those, like, what? What are they talking about? Oh, uh, I didn't even remember that part. But ultimately, long story short, Dad shoots the hostage. Uh, yes. And kills will that happen? the doctor. When... At least we think he kills the doctor. So then we cut to present day, the 1990s. The city, of course, is not any real city, which actually they kind of stopped doing for a while in modern superhero movies, although they did bring it back in some of the uh, superhero TV shows. Uh, the fake city in the fake 90s, of course, has like these atmosphere processors, and uh, they're, they're never really explained until later in the film. Ultimately, we are introduced to our main character, Darcy, played by Joan Severance. Who is a scorpion yeah, of course. in the film. Why am I not surprised? What? The hooker, or oh, the scorpion. Her, she says she's phone. like a Scorpio, and then she, and then we also get the first comment about her boots, because apparently she has the most incredible boots. That gets referenced like three or four more times in this movie. Because chicks love the boots. <laughs> chicks dig the boots. You gotta have the boots. Oh, yeah, and let's not forget, cops work with real hookers on the street. Actually, I'm pretty sure they do, but probably not that way. Basically. Twice. Our uh, title character is uh, like Xena Warrior Horror with her yes. transparent <laughs> raincoat. I don't, I'm not sure if prostitutes really wear that, but they, she does have a, a plastic coat on. It's easy Ultimately, it's part she of... She went to a bar concert. She goes to a strip club where we see titties, titties, and titties. Which is one of the most overworked strippers ever because you literally see the same stripper multiple times however I, I i get the feeling i didn't pay that close attention to it when i when i watched it but i bet the stripper actually is the same stripper doing the same thing which means probably the same footage shown over and over again ultimately the reason why she is dressed up as a hooker and going to a strip club is to try to entrap mr big the uh pimp ultimately uh She's able to get him, beats him up, as you'd expect, and we are, of course, introduced to her partner, who is, of course, the useless guy. Worthless McWorthy's son, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just talking too much. Discount who? Discount Ted Danson. <laughs> so then the film goes on, and she's, like, what, talking to her dad at a bar... Her dad's drunk, but it's like the worst drunk acting we've ever seen. And he doesn't seem to either mind that, you know, his daughter's dressing like a hooker to go undercover. But, you know, 
as we already said, we should never get father either. Well, the Vice Squad, they don't do that. You know, Darcy's dressed like a mime without the makeup. Uh, so then uh, this, this old geezer shows up, shoots the dad. The dad dies holding a cigarette in his hand. <laughs> and we don't know why. He doesn't even know why. Because later she interrogates him. He's like, I don't know why I killed him. So then we see training, and she can't punch or kick to save her life. <laughs> that was a district attorney, right? Huh? That was a district attorney, right? I believe so. That guy had fucking asthma. How do you sneak up behind someone with asthma? You know, it's like, can you just see someone sneaking up behind someone and you have asthma? It's like, I'm going to get him. Get him. <coughs> oh, fuck, he found me. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very low stealth skill, I'll tell you that one. Uh, that's another thing about these early superhero films is uh, oftentimes the superhero in said film could not fight very well. Uh, and Joan Severance, well, she is a very beautiful woman. Uh, evidently she wasn't she hired was... for her fighting skills. Yes, and you can see her like punching and kicking a, a punching bag after the father gets killed. And she's just barely <laughs> hitting that bag. Once again, you wouldn't even see a scene like that unless you made it look awesome. Uh, most other superhero films had problems with this as well. Michael Keaton's Batman, uh, well, certainly Batman did a 89. Good job of covering up Michael Keaton. Wait, what? They did a good job of covering up Michael Keaton. This, on the other hand, there was no excuse. Yeah, but the thing about Michael Keaton's Batman is he never did particularly acrobatic He couldn't fighting. move his neck. <laughs> well, there's that. And... He couldn't move. Well, that was the suit's fault. I know. What, what was he for her? Uh... Well, that's a good question. I think she needed to eat a couple more hamburgers. And but, then, uh... well, I mean, every movie that I've ever seen Joan Severance in, she's gotten her ass kicked. Oh, I mean, I, I saw her in No Holds Barred. She kept getting attacked and beaten up. And then she was in See No Evil, Hear No Evil, and she got beaten up by a blind man. Maybe someday we can ask her why. <laughs> because, ladies and gentlemen, in the 90s, it's just... Um, I, and that was another thing that did happen in the 90s as well. Uh, your superhero could often get beaten up, I think, and, and taken out pretty easily by your basic thug. Batman, of course, did not have that happen. That is one thing... To remember about baddies that did not happen so then she has uh, a nightmare about her father in which he does drop his stick in the nightmare yes that's continuity right there well what's kind of funny about the whole origin of the black scorpion is well it's where the villain himself creates the superhero uh somewhat similar to uh joker creating batman her but dad created the villain yes but we shall get to that in a moment uh what ends up happening to that finally drives uh, Darcy to become a superhero is she shows up at the county jail where the district attorney who shot her father is being held. She pulls a gun on him. It's like, where did you kill him? And he's like, I don't know. And then the next day, the, the chief, who is the stereotypical comic booky kind of chief, is like, I need your badge, Darcy. And Darcy just kind of sits around watching TV, being unhappy. And then finally decides to be a superhero. And that's one of the things uh, about this uh, kind of superhero. Don't movie. forget uh, the gift she got from her father before he got murdered. The 
scorpion ring that looks yes, like that... something you'd get out of one of those quarter ring machines. I was going to say out of a box of Cracker Jacks, although our younger audience members may not know what those even are. So then she turns her hooker outfit into the black scorpion outfit, which then I said to myself, holy shit, Catwoman ripped off black scorpion. My mind is blown. Of course, uh, that's Catwoman with Halle Berry, not uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. That's pretty fucking bad. (laughs) She also has a... They both have whips, too, so... Now, what's really kind of funny about uh, Black Scorpion is this is the, the you got to remember, 90s superhero movie that was mainly designed to sell titties. But to uh, be fair, Catwoman Halle Berry ripped off Black Scorpion and The Crow. But anyways, back on topic of this film. <laughs> uh, what, what ends up happening with Black Scorpion is she just gets power, pulls powers right out of her ass. Well, she modifies uh, be- a stun gun that's able to shoot yeah, electricity but- out of her ring and out of her boots. Because but- giant. Oh, well, that's shit. <laughs> this is where the movie kind of is good. Okay, one of the big problems with 90s superhero movies as well is they were afraid to let the superhero be the superhero. Uh, Dread is very, very guilty of this particular sin. Uh, you know, in the first 25 minutes, you've got Dread. He goes in there. He's like, I am the law. Uh, and mean, then the rest. Judge Dread. The new one was called Dread. <laughs> oh, whatever. Judge Dread, I mean, because Dread was actually a good movie. But he's like, I am the law. And he shoots a couple criminals. That's great. Uh, the rest of the movie is nothing like that. The rest of the movie is him being, you know, trying to clear his name and all the rest. It's like they were very afraid of this sort of thing. Uh, Spider-Man 2. Well, also to be was- honest, they no, they did blow half their budget on that Versace outfit. Yeah, that was. Uh, I kind of like it, but yeah, the big codpiece kind of, kind of. Yeah, it's like that giant shit. eagle. <laughs> all right, I forgot all. Let's focus on finishing uh, Black Scorpion. Okay, okay, fine. Anyway, uh, so even Spider-Man Two was kind of guilty of this because for some of that movie, Spider-Man's like, I didn't want to be Spider-Man anymore. Or is that Spider-Man Three? I could be wrong. Spider-Man Two. Okay, good. I, I think that was the third one. Oh, well. Because the but, second one, you had him jumping on the American flag. No, Spider Man 2, he had confidence issues, and that made him lose his powers. So then. Well, maybe. I thought <laughs> but oh. long story short, most of the time in these superhero movies in the 90s, you never got to see the superhero be the superhero until about the last 20 minutes, or maybe even the last 10. Uh, what ends up happening in Black Scorpion is you see Black Scorpion be, be Black Scorpion. She actually fights a variety of villains uh, around the midway point of the movie. She fights, you know, a couple of generic thugs. And then the supervillains kind of start up. Uh, and one of the supervillains, well, it's a supervillain group. It's a duo of two female wrestlers who kick the crap out of her, which is actually kind of funny. Complete with the line, tag me in, tag me in. Yes, because we're not taking ourselves seriously. Uh, there's, of course, a male love interest, who is her partner, who is the most generic man alive. He might as well just be great great value man substitute. And what ends up happening with him is, of course, there's no, not belligerent sexual tension, unresolved sexual tension, but it does get resolved. Oh, yes, it gets resolved. That battle I mentioned between the uh, professional wrestler women, and of course, I didn't actually mention what they were doing. The uh, professional wrestler women were, of course, doing the classic trope 
of robbing a jewelry store. Uh, but when they kick the crap out of uh, Black Scorpion, Black Scorpion like has to run away because in all these 90s superhero films, the cops are always trying to capture the superhero instead of like capture the villains. When she fight uh, crime, though, the cops are never anywhere to be seen. Yeah, there's that too, and that's something oh so stupid. Uh, what ends up happening though is she gets tackled by her partner, who doesn't, who who can't clearly see who's actually behind the mask. And I think like she kisses him at that point, and then punches him, something like that. Because that's what they always did in the '90s as well. But long story short, that kind of starts up a little bit of sexual stuff going between her and her partner, and that's when the movie gets a little morally ambiguous. Because after the uh, battle with the uh, female professional wrestlers, you have uh, Black Scorpion break into uh, Darcy's partner, partner's house, and here's the question. Well, is it rape? For the 90s. It's one of the weirder parts of the movie, you know? She shows up, they have sex, and then she leaves the scorpion mark on him like a fucking hickey she takes and then the next day she shows up out of costume and tries to have sex with him so it's like and then she gets in her mind it doesn't matter but to him it's like what the fuck you know and and how are you going to explain that fucking scorpion mark you know and and that that could be like a giveaway to her secret identity right there like oh you didn't get mad about that it almost obviously it was consensual in the show it's not like he's like protesting or anything but it's like that kind of makes it makes the power dynamic kind of bad because it's like now it's like black scorpion owns you you know something like that that's what that's that's a vibe i get now that i think about it nowadays yeah it's definitely messy but you're not supposed to think too hard when watching a movie like this and that's true that's true uh ultimately long story short we get introduced pretty late into the film our main villain now he he's shown up now and again throughout it as little teasers, and they probably should have left it as that, because our main villain is, of course, uh, what was his name? It's uh, so stupid, my brain refuses to keep it. I don't know. The carburetor? Darth Skeletor? I, I, I called him Discount Predator, but it was like, son of a bitch. And, and it's at the tip of my tongue, too. Um, damn it. The Breathtaker. That's it. Yes, there you go. See, that's 90s cheese right there. You would never see that today. Uh, but you could get away with that back then. And his name's The Breathtaker, and what's his fiendish plan? You have to say fiendish because it's that ridiculous. To, is to make everybody addicted to mind-controlling inhalers? Yes. Or actually, it's hidden gas mask because he like, takes over this atmosphere processor and says he's going to like shut it off and you have to get these gas masks and he's going to sell the gas mask to you and it's like okay wait a minute why not just go send all the cops to where he's selling the gas mask and grab him mm. he's got to be there right or just don't buy the gas mask or leave why not leave he just told you what he's gonna what it's gonna it's like it's one of those where if you think about it too long you're gonna think it's pretty stupid your head so, will explode yes and so at the end of the film, you know, there's this big showdown, and it turns out that the breathtaker is actually the doctor from the first part of the movie. Now, this is one of those other 90s and classic superhero tropes. This is honestly, 
not only is this movie sort of like part of the Silver Age of superhero movies, but that's very much a Silver Age plot as well. It's something that's really over the top and really kind of dumb if you think about it with any sort of logic. It's like if this guy was able to literally survive getting shot in the lungs by building a breath suit, he should be a billionaire because he could sell it to people who have lung problems or cystic fibrosis. But he's bitter. At the end of the the game, I mean, end of the movie, you've got Breathtaker. Is that that your impersonation? Yeah, take a hit off that inhaler. Uh, well, at the end of the movie, of course, the villain is defeated, but I think the stupidest part of the movie is at the very end. Now, remember, we've got the police can't allow vigilantism in their town, even though they can't do anything to capture the criminals. And that's where the uh, secret identity is paramount, because, okay, Black Scorpion reveals herself to her partner, right? And he's like, I've got to take you in because you broke the law. The law! The law! Now, that might be dumb enough, but it gets worse. Okay, so Black Scorpion gets access to memory-erasing chemicals. You see where I'm about to go with this? He er- she erases his memory so that she can keep her secret. And uh, I'd like she to say... She was men in black before men in black. I'd like to say that they don't do this anymore. They they don't really in movies, but in the comics, they still kind of do. Uh, one of the particularly uh, controversial comics, and for good reason, is uh, Jean Grey actually erases Iceman's mind and gives him a new personality entirely. So, yeah, it's not entirely unheard of today, but really it's only in the comics of the movies. And so the movie oh, ends, you know, with Black. Oh my! Okay. I know that plot. Oh my God! That was that was when they wanted to try to fit a gay character in there to appeal to the fucking alternative lifestyle audience. So they took Iceman and just said, "Yep, you're gay now." Which is Jean Grey went in your mind and unlocked it. Which is pretty sad, but that is another story for another time. Yeah. Because while superhero movies today might be more like comics of yesteryear, comics have now become more about being woke than it is about... We could call this a a stripper hero movie. Oh, snap. And yeah, that is kind of what it is. It is a stripper hero movie indeed, because there is some some, uh, nudity. There is, of course, the costume. But as you said earlier, uh, this film has better amenities than it does story. The story is very predictable. The film is very predictable if you've ever read a Silver Age comic. But the amenities are very, very fun. And those are? (laughs) So, yeah, she gets, like, the most badass car that comes out of left field. And what's kind of funny about that is, uh, okay, so you got the car, right? Now, she, like, goes to this uh, criminal that... I Chops believe car. earlier. Well, that too. I think she captured him earlier in the film, potentially. No, he was already arrested earlier in the film, but he gets out of jail because magic. Uh, now she takes her <laughs> broken car to him. It's like, can you fix it? And he's like, sure. And he, of course, actually finds out that she's Black Scorpion. 
it becomes sort of like a uh, discount Alfred, you know? And he, of course, fixes the car. Now, initially, you think that it's just a regular car, you know? It's like, it's a okay, <clears throat> it's a low-budget film, so she just has a regular car. The, the, the Scorpion Mobile is literally just, you know, a Porsche, okay? That's it. Then something strange happens. Now, remember, 90s. So, of course, this guy, working in a back alley garage, has it transformed into the Super Batmobile. A black car with a scorpion on it. I put in my notes. I'm like, why isn't this car black and have a scorpion on it? And later on in the movie, all of a sudden it changes. I'm like, okay. (laughs) The car is the most badass thing in the movie. Like, man, they could have just had her run over criminals for the rest of the movie. And it would have brought up to like a 10. What's really funny is they do try to justify that this car can transform, like, like it fucking just, you know, like a fucking transform on the windshield, and which goes to show you that science fiction technology, you know, back then (laughs) is now real technology today. (laughs) She probably ran a bunch of like people trying to walk through the crosswalks and stuff because she's. Well, you know, they're probably guilty of something. Distracting GPS windshield. But they they. The guy says, uh, Discount Alfred is like, I stole a transformation circuit from the military. It's like, what? So wait, what? What? what, what in this universe, what? You know, Humvees can transform into giant mechanical robots? Are you fucking kidding me? But that's, that's Silver Age, though. It just can. That's something else you got to re- keep in mind about this film. All throughout it, it just can. Black Scorpion. Her electric boots make her like super jump. <clears throat> yes, that, that that come now. All she did was modify a taser to shoot out of a ring, but when she needs to jump through a roof, it just can. That was another thing you'd see in the '90s. You know, it just can. You know, why can the Phantom shoot so well? He just can. You know, what does his th- what does his third ring leave like a uh? No, why does this phantom ring leave a mark on you? Um, it just can. It just can. <laughs> well, I mean, this movie did well enough where they greenlit a sequel. Then a couple years after that, they did a TV show for Sci-Fi Channel. But And they bring back the Breathtaker, played by Adam West. Which is perfect for this universe. Very much so. So yeah, that was a bit more enthused when we did it the first time, but I goofed up, so we had to record this. But uh, yeah, I'd say check it out if you want something that's a bit fun and cheesy and to take yourself too seriously. Well, and... I mean, the take that I got from the whole thing was it was essentially like uh, it was like a Batman Forever ripoff. And I don't even think Batman Forever was out at that point, but that's what it felt like. It felt like Batman Forever light. And I mean, the characters, yeah, I I could definitely see the similarities to the Phantom. And I mean, it was fun looking at a lot of people in the movie and being like, yeah, I remember so-and-so. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you had Joan Severance playing, you know, the, the main character. And it, 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 it's one of those plots that come full circle. Her partner, is, you know, is pretty fucking stupid, pretty fucking thick-headed, and, and unlucky in love. But, I mean, what do you expect? He was also Dr. Kane in the reanimator, you know? 
Uh, I mean, all, all in all, what you get out of it is, is like for me, me personally, I had to sit through it at least a couple of times just to get into it. Like some parts, it just kind of dragged a bit. And a lot of that is because I was trying to take it too seriously. And then when I came back a little more relaxed, thinking, you know what, this is just a chill movie to watch. That's where it opened up for me. I mean, the 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 fighting scenes are not going to be super duper. They're not going to be amazing. They're not even going to be like fucking Mortal Kombat level. They're going to be bad. And I think that's part of the charm to it. Holy shit, he was a reanimator. I didn't even make that connection till now. <laughs> you didn't recognize him? That was Dr. Kane. Well, yeah. Well, I saw... Um, I rewatched the black the well, dude, reanimator the trilogy. Recently, was fucking so. Officer Duffy and Robocop too. Oh. You sold us out, Officer Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna scare him. He looks scared, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, but uh, but seriously, the 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 acting cast really wasn't half bad. It was a little bit wooden. I think it there was definitely issues with the dialogue. You know, it just wasn't gelling. And it, it would have been one of those things where they just wrote it and said, just read it as I fucking wrote it type of deal. Um, the story is pretty interesting. It's pretty original for its time. You know, I, I mean, when you, when you look at comic book movies these days, you're not going to find anything interesting. You're not going to find anything original. And pretty much anything new that they try is going to piss off a lot of people. This for its time, it, there, there was plot holes, but it was acceptable. Because once again, People did not take superhero movies as seriously as they do now. Now it's a cash cow. But back then, it's like I said, this was uh, comics were meant for kids, you know, and this is something that was meant for teenagers. And it, it, I think it hit the mark. I, I, and it's a Roger Corman flick of all things. So once again, what do you expect? It, I, I think it hit the mark. It's definitely a recommended movie on me, just as long as you're not taking it serious. I would say so. Uh, for me, it was uh, what I like to call a film curio and relic. It is something that doesn't necessarily stand the test of time, but from a historical perspective, it really is very much a time capsule of both the 90s and a uh, time capsule of what superhero movies used to be. It hits all the marks of a silver age, of both a silver age story, you know, a 50s, 60s era comic story, but also it hits all the marks of what a 90s uh, superhero movie was expected to be. It was before Batman Begins came out, before all superhero movies had to be ultra serious. Uh, you know, like it was before about... CGI became the rage too. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. All but... this, all this wants to be is popcorn entertainment. You know, uh, you can either it's, watch this I by mean, yourself, yeah. or you can get a couple buddies together and just enjoy. Watch this by yourself, but don't fucking put this in hoping to impress a girl. Actually, you never know. You know. You could, because if you have the person with the right kind of personality, they might find it as hilarious as you will. Because it or is, she could be walking the fuck out that room. It just depends on it. Just I remember, think, I think if you like the Adam West Batman and other like cornball superhero stuff, it'll be up your alley. Adam West Batman, but boobies. There you go. How about that? So, this includes Bat boobs. Batman Returns with fits. 
So this concludes. Yeah, that's it right there. Hey, 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 so do the outro here. We won't let you leave. This concludes the first episode of Obscure Song. And this movie is Obscure Song. It is obscure and awesome, and you should check it out. <laughs>